Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome back, Sky Women. Welcome to another episode. Today, we have a special guest with us. We are going to be talking all about nutrition. I believe everybody wants to eat better, but doesn't necessarily know how or where to start. So let me introduce Anne Kent. She is a registered dietitian, a farm girl turned dietitian who helps busy families get dinner on the table and is picky eater approved. (laughs) Welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey in nutrition and why this is so meaningful to you? Of course. So like you said, in my tagline, I'm a farm girl turned dietitian because I I grew up on a farm in central Kansas. And as I made my way into the nutrition world and became a clinician, I found that a lot of the clients who I was working with I really had no idea where their food came from on one end. And on, on the other end, they also were really struggling with knowing how to nourish their bodies well, or, you know, feeling like healthy food didn't taste good, or it was inaccessible for some reason. And then even if they wanted to eat well, there was this other barrier of not knowing how, or not having time to get a healthy dinner on the table. So these three silos kind of emerged in my mind. There was the agriculture the you know, growing the food. And then there was the nutrition piece, nourishing your body. And then the third silo is cooking and just the practical aspect of making food. And so my ultimate goal with peas and happiness and the meal guide membership that I have is to unite those three silos and to help give people a resource that uses seasonal vegetables that you can find locally in your area, teaches you the techniques and makes cooking at home really easy and accessible in a way that nourishes your body and family. And you don't have to spend hours thinking about all of those things and wondering if you're in the right place. Perfect. Because no busy mom has time for that in this day and age. And nobody does. You're absolutely right. All right. So tell me a little bit about the name, because I know you enjoy food puns, but peace and happiness is super cute. Yeah. So my website and my business actually started out as just a hobby blog about six years ago, six or seven years ago now. And my mom had been encouraging me. She was like, oh, you should write like, you you know, you enjoy this. And so I was just like brainstorming things. And like you said, I love food puns. So I was thinking through different food puns and the peas really comes from peace with food that I practice from an intuitive eating approach that I think we all have the answers to how we need to eat within ourselves. And rather than having someone externally tell you what or how much you need to eat. And so that's what that peas is all about peace with food. And then happiness is about the other side of food, that food is not just to nourish our bodies, but it's also to nourish our souls. Mm-hmm. And so emotional eating is not always a bad thing, but we need to understand, you know, when you're, when you're hungry emotionally, we need to feed that side of you too. So whether you're enjoying food with friends or whether you're trying to find a healthy coping mechanism to deal with stress, like that's the aspect that I want to bring in as well. Right. Right. 
That's so cute. All right. I get it. Peace and happiness versus peace yeah. and happiness. Okay. You got it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And I happen to just like, uh, I was brewing beer at the time and that's where the hoppies hop came from. And I live in, you know, Fort Collins, Colorado, where we have like a brewery for every five people, I think. So that's why we have hoppiness. <laughs> cute. Okay. And you brought up intuitively eating. What does that mean? Great question. And I think it's a term that is thrown around a lot and uh, somewhat misunderstood. So intuitive eating, there's actually 10 different pieces of intuitive eating. There's a, there's a, there's, it's very deep, but intuitive eating is all about understanding how to nourish your body and understanding that that comes within yourself. So there's lots of different pieces. There's one of the tenants is giving up dieting is totally rejecting the diet culture that we live in, which is a lot easier said than done. (laughs) A lot easier said than done. You can think that you've given up diet culture and it just sneaks back in. Um, But you have to do that in order to be able to understand your hunger cues, for example, which is another tenant of intuitive eating. So many of us have lost our ability to understand when we're hungry and when we're full, either because we've been on a diet and somebody else has told us when or how much we should eat or simply because we're busy and you didn't have time to eat lunch or like you were chasing the kids all day and like snacking off their plates. And so you didn't even have time to think about, am I hungry or am I stressed or like what's going on? So intuitive eating is It takes aspects of things like mindful eating, but it also takes some of those like physiological reasons that we need to eat and kind of puts them all together into how do you eat well for yourself without being on a diet? Right. Awesome. Yeah. Diets are are hard. You know, I think that so many people wind up yo-yo dieting because they try it out and it's so strict and then they're Mm -hmm. angry. They're hungry. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not sustainable. So I love this idea of intuitively eating and really paying attention to your body. And that's one of the things about intuitive eating is that a lot of the science shows that part of the reason why diets don't work is because of that deprivation. You know, our bodies are designed to protect us. And I think it's really important to always remember that, that when you go on a diet, your body sees that as a famine that you're entering into. And so it's automatically going to do everything it can to prevent you from losing any weight, which could be very dangerous for your survival. And it's also going to regain that weight as quickly as possible, because again, it's, it's trying to protect you from starving to death. So when we're trying to find a healthy weight balance, it's really important to do that in a way that doesn't scare your body, if that makes sense, Um, which is what diets can do. And, and I think it's important to hear that, you know, diets fail because of the diet, not because of the person. So often people are blamed, but if you look around, you know, the reason why we have so many different diets, it's not the person, it's the diet industry. Okay. I love that. We need to say that again. We need to (laughs) have a bumper sticker made because it's not your fault. It's not intuitive eating. Therefore, you know, there's a reason why people yo-yo diet. There's a reason why people are not sustaining their lifestyle on a particular diet because it's not a natural way of eating. It's not darn diet industry. Okay. We kind of skipped ahead because I wanted (laughs) to explain to us, like just big picture bird's eye view for those of us who don't know, for someone who doesn't have access to you to sit down and go through nutrition, whether it's food allergies or whether it's just wanting to feed their families better or whatever, 
what's the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian? What should we be looking for? Yeah, who should you listen to? That's a great question because there are a lot of people who put themselves out there as experts. So I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. That's my full title. Sometimes you'll also see us called registered dietitians. So RD or RDN is the credential after the name. And the dietitian differs from a nutritionist in that the registered dietitian has to have a, um, we have to have a bachelor's degree in nutrition, a minimum of a bachelor's degree, which actually is going to change to a master's degree soon. But in addition to that, we also have to have practice hours of hands-on clinical community and food service hours that we complete. And then we have to pass a national registration exam and renew our certification with continuing education every five years. So the term registered dietitian or registered dietitian nutritionist is really protected and requires a lot of upkeep. Whereas a nutritionist is a general term and doesn't have any protections behind it. So some nutritionists for an RDN. I'm sorry. We should be looking for an RDN, registered dietitian nutritionist. Right. RD or RDN. Both of they're interchangeable actually. But yes, that's what we want to look for. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I think I mentioned this before. Most people know that they need to eat better, but they just don't really know how. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of unfold this where do you even start? How do you help people to kind of work through improving their diets? Great question. Especially when I'm telling you that you shouldn't be on a diet. So like, well, then what do you do? (laughs) Yeah. So what I tell people is the answer is simple, but it's not easy. Really. When you think about it, there's two things that go into how you should eat to fuel your body. And that will equal good health outcomes and your body's happiest weight and good energy and all these things. The first one is to eat when you're hungry and not when you're full. And that Mm -hmm. comes with a long light of caveats, but very simply to really tune into your own hunger cues because your body will tell you when it needs fuel. So that's number one, eat when you're hungry, not when you're full. And the second is to eat in a balance of quality food. So Mm -hmm. it is true that if you're simply, it's, it's much, much harder to, for your body to regulate hunger cues if we're eating very like ultra processed foods because many of the foods in our culture now have been condensed essentially and a good example of this might be the difference between eating an apple compared to eating apple juice or an orange compared to orange juice if you've ever squeezed your own orange juice you know how many oranges it takes to make a glass of orange juice it takes a lot so it's very easy to drink an entire glass of orange juice and probably you're not going to sit down and eat four oranges in a sitting, but that sort of processing of different foods. And you can see that across the across the industry, whether it's chips or, or whatever, right. that's going to kind of mess with your hunger cues. So that's why you have to take those two steps together. You do have to l- learn how to listen to your body and its hunger. And you also have to be eating in a balance of protein and quality carbohydrates and fruits and vegetables with some of the other soul food in there as well. So you're saying that maybe we need, we can have some of that soul food, some of that comfort food, but it needs to be in proportion with our whole foods and with our vegetables and fruits. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I like to think of it more as let's focus on making sure that you're having enough of things. I think a lot of times the problem with dieting is that it focuses on what you should take out, but we don't talk very often about what your body actually needs. And that's why you're left hungry or you're left unsatisfied. And so, you know, whether it's saying, well, have I had enough, have I had any vegetables today? Have I had my antioxidants? Have I had my, my protein in in, you know, my beans or legumes or whatever it is, but also not just, not just talking about the physical nourishment that we need, but to also talk about the emotional hunger. So a lot of times we're turning to these ultra processed foods, either because we're busy or we're stressed or we need something fast, or, you know, maybe it is just, maybe it's a coping mechanism. And so rather than, right, absolutely. And it's not wrong, you know, it's, it's not wrong to eat it for that. But the problem comes when we don't have other coping mechanisms to rely on. And if food is our only coping mechanism when we're stressed, that's, that's going to, that's just like any other coping mechanism. And it could be something as unhealthy as, you know, alcohol or drugs or as healthy as exercise. Anytime you overuse one single coping mechanism, bad things happen and we get out of balance. So that's what I would say is more important. A balance of those two things, making sure you have enough and that you're fueling all parts of your body and soul. Love it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about intermittent fasting or circadian Mm -hmm. fasting, Mm -hmm. because that is a really big thing right now that I'm hearing all around. Mm -hmm. And whenever I talk, when I think about it, circadian fasting just seems so natural, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, stop eating as it's evening time and you let your gut rest. I mean, I feel like I can do 12 hours of intermittent fasting easy it's when we get into the more extreme, you know, 14, 16, 24 hours that I'm like, whoa, is that really necessary? <laughs> right. So talk well, a little bit about the benefits, how we should be using it. And I know it varies a, around a woman's cycle as well. Like you're not going to be able to do any extreme fasting leading up to your cycle in that week prior. Right. All of those are really important things to remember. And I will also kind of put in a caveat that intermittent fasting is a little bit counter to intuitive eating, or it can be. So we have to be a little bit careful with that. So I would say like the circadian fasting that you're talking about can really easily be um, integrated with intuitive eating because it is very natural. And our hormones actually follow a natural circadian rhythm as well. You can probably talk about this better than I can. But for example, insulin is not as well used overnight as it is during the day. Our sensitivity decreases overnight. And because we're not supposed to be eating, we that's a time when we're supposed to be resting. And so our body is not expecting food. And if you take in food, then you'll have higher blood sugar spikes because your insulin is your body is not prepared to eat at that time. So some of those circadian rhythms and circadian fasting can be really helpful, I would say, in getting in tune with hunger and it can be kind of used alongside intuitive eating. As long as you understand that if you accidentally didn't eat enough for dinner and you wake up at two in the morning and you're starving, you should break your fast because your body is telling you, you need to eat. So in now we can problem solve that later because it's really not ideal to wake up at 2am and eat every night for a lot of reasons, not just because it's a circadian rhythm, but you first need to honor your biological hunger before you can maybe integrate some of those 
those fasting regimens. So again, this is sort of like a, we could talk for hours about this because there's a lot of new emerging research, but some of the, the research around and why intermittent fasting is popular is because there's some evidence that the longer fasts can decrease your risk of some types of cancer and different things like that. It is not to be used if you've ever struggled with any sort of disordered eating or eating disorders, because that can be very, very triggering. And it's not something that's necessary. So it can be a helpful tool. Our bodies were designed to go through famines and we've been fasting for millennia in different religions or different, you know, just because we didn't have access to food. So um, we didn't always have Jack in the box or (laughs) on the corner. Right. Right. So you definitely went through periods of not eating. (laughs) Right. So it's a very natural thing for humans, but in our, again, we live in a a little bit different world than we did a hundred or 200 or a thousand years ago in which dieting is such a prevalent piece in our, in our world. And food is so emotional and psychological that I think that honoring that is very social. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of research that shows that social connections are as important or even more important than things like diet and exercise there. It's right up there. And so if you're sacrificing so much of your joy, because you have to be fasting for a certain amount of time, then I would really question whether that's in your best health interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascinating topics just to even, I mean, we're just like peaking the interest. Yeah. I feel- we could almost have a conversation about each one of these individually, but tell us about you've left the traditional clinical setting and you have this online program. Tell us a little bit about, you know, there's a busy mom who's like, wow, I really need help with this. How can I feed myself and my family better? Tell us how they can work with you. Yes. So um, you're describing the Fusion Hobby Meal Guide membership, which I created when I, well, I came up with the idea when I was working as a clinical dietitian in an outpatient endocrinology clinic and seeing diabetes patients primarily. But, you know, I just encountered so many people who really had the desire to change, but didn't have the tools to do it and didn't have the time, to be honest, to make these changes. And that's what I wanted to take off people's plates forgive the pun, (laughs) but honestly, to save people from having to search for recipes or to wonder if the thing was healthy that you're, that you're trying to make. A lot of times I would hear people say, gosh, we're just in this food rut. Like I just need new ideas. And so you're describing me exactly. (laughs) Yeah. We all get there. Even if you're excited, even if you love food, even if you're a foodie, because you just are busy with your, with your life. So the, I created this membership to send my members. I send them a weekly menu with recipes that I test in my house, in my own kitchen with my, you know, multiple eaters. So, so they're very, it's a very practical way of eating. I am very passionate about not sending people to four different specialty grocery stores to find ingredients. So everything on the, on the recipes is really practical. And I call these meal guides rather than meal plans, because to be honest, no one can make a meal plan for your family, except for you. And there are so many people that will tell you that they can make you a meal plan, but if someone else is making it, it's probably not going to work. And again, it's not your fault. It's the meal plan's fault because in our lives, We have soccer practice scheduled on Tuesday, but then at the last minute, we have a work meeting that we didn't know we needed to get to. And so even when you plan ahead, sometimes things can go awry. So part of the membership is teaching you how to 
deal with those interruptions that just come with life. So I take the pressure off wondering if your recipe is going to be good. I save you the time of, you know, searching for what you should get on the table. I give you variety and you get the chance to, to plug and play and make it work for your life. I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you. I'm online at peasandhoppiness.com. So that's P-E-A-S and then hoppiness, H-O with an O. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at peasandhoppiness. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Anne. Thank you for your time. It was such a pleasure to be here. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.